Welcome back to See, Hear, Feel. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Dr. Amy Paller. Dr. Amy Paller is the Walter J. Hamlin Professor and Chair of the Department of Dermatology and Professor of Pediatrics at Northwestern University. She also directs the NIH-funded Skin Biology and Diseases Resource-Based Center there. She is an internationally recognized leader in dermatology and pediatric dermatology, as well as focusing on research in skin disease. She has specific expertise in ichthyoses and epidermolysis bullosa, as well as immune-mediated inflammatory diseases. She has led more than 100 clinical trials and has almost 600 peer-reviewed publications. Welcome to Amy, and thank you for spending the time today. Thank you so much, Christine. It's totally my pleasure. I wanted to first ask you if you could tell something personal about yourself that your biography doesn't really speak to. Oh my. Well, I am a mom. I have three boys. They're all grown up now, and I'm privileged to be a grandma of a four-year-old girl and a two-year-old boy as of this week. Congratulations. I think knowing a little bit of the personal helps set the stage for professional-related questions. So we'll start in. What does emotional intelligence mean to you as one of the leaders in dermatology, as a department chair, as a researcher of, you know, more than 600 studies, as a physician and mentor? When I think about emotional intelligence, I really think about interactions with people and being able to interact in a meaningful way that really pays attention to that person. I think about it in the way that we interface with our patients in the clinic. But I also think about it in the way that I interact with people all day, whether it's in my lab or my clinical research group or whether it's with my faculty or staff. Everything we do really pulls at our emotional intelligence in order to manage in the best possible way. Your definition works quite well. When I spoke to David Caruso, who is an expert in the psychological space of emotional intelligence, he basically said exactly that. Emotional intelligence is really a skill that we need to use or we would want to use just to really connect with people. That's exactly how you're defining it. I think I focus on this because I find emotional intelligence very difficult. I don't think I really learned how to connect well as a child, I guess. And I don't think I really learned well in my training, not to blame my training or anything, but it was really, I think, a lot of knowledge-based training, knowledge focus, and knowledge that we need to learn as dermatologists and physicians. How do you apply emotional intelligence in your life or work? I subconsciously (laughs) apply it. I think in everything I do, I think about my days, which is we all have right now are very busy days, and it's often one issue after another. In everyday practice, of course, with our patients, We are sitting there dealing with a lot of emotions. Chronic skin diseases so drastically can affect our social and emotional lives and our mental health. And it's so important for us as dermatologists when we see people, not just to look at their skin and write a prescription, but of course, be listening. And so this kind of listening and putting ourselves in their shoes uh, and being able to best understand what the needs are and then how we need to help them in the best possible way is something that we all do as dermatologists. Other aspects, whether it's in an academic setting, working with residents and understanding what their needs might be, or having staff who might be disgruntled in these days of COVID, or the interpersonal relationships 
between very different faculty with whom we all work and dealing with some of the issues that come up when perhaps someone's not been as sensitive to the needs of someone else. I feel this is my life (laughs) in in 15-minute sound bites. Well, that's why I felt that you would probably likely have really great insights because of all of the roles that you do have in the workplace. Would you be willing to share an example about a success or failure in which emotional intelligence played a part? I think a major part of emotion and intelligence is being able to step back, take a deep breath, think a bit, and in a very calm manner, explore, and try to get everyone on the same page. I will mention things like, for example, a new administrative leader coming into the department at a time when there's been great staff turnover, coming in and having to do a deep dive to figure out what's going on, basically trying to serve in multiple roles while trying to hire. Uh, Of course, that in itself is a challenge. And this is a time of COVID. I think others will relate to the turnover in personnel and the difficulty right now in finding people. So there has been a lot of tension because communication hasn't quite been as strong as someone who's very busy can't get to everyone's emails and maybe prioritizing working on them rather than communicating. And um, this has been a, a challenge for me when you're hearing something from all sides. That has really required on the one hand trying to be supportive of an individual who's trying her best and on the other hand meeting the needs of uh, faculty I greatly respect who I know have to get their work done and I know are struggling and getting uh, everybody in the same room to talk about it to understand each other's needs but also each other's situation. That's just one example that's been going on just over the last few weeks. Uh, And other examples are just everybody is obviously trying to achieve right now and just being able to understand ownership of this is my research, this is my research, and getting everybody together to understand that we're all here to support each other is another example. Of course, all day we're dealing with issues in our clinics, right? So I can't imagine there's a single dermatologist who's not gotten behind in clinics and then had to deal with the patient who is quite angry. Your nurse comes out and says, Mrs. So-and-so is really upset because you are 45 minutes behind. And then, of course, emotional intelligence has to be used to its fullest extent to walk in the room, sit down, of course, look in the eye and say, I am so sorry this is what's happening, but I'm really here for you now. And I want to hear all about what's going on and put that patient at ease and turn off that anger. I like your last example there because you give some practical things. Enter the room and sit down and look in the patient's eyes. I think I forget to even do that when I'm stressed and feeling rushed. No, Christine, I I will say that I think that the time to do that, slowing down, and really listening is always at exactly the time when we don't have the time to do that. Yes. So it's it's when we're stressed, when tensions are high, when we have a time crunch that we often find ourselves in these situations where we must take a deep breath, where we must speak in a very calm, reassuring voice. 
But that's what we have to do to turn around and diffuse a situation. I recently had a patient who I diagnosed with breast cancer. I had actually biopsied her nipple. She was so upset. It's a heavy diagnosis. I couldn't tell how much of what I was telling her she was really able to process. And I ended up spending an hour with her because she started crying and everything. And of course, I got very behind. I've been reflecting on that because I don't really know how I could have done that better. Christine, this is why you're such a good doctor and you demonstrate high emotional intelligence because you clearly sensed that she had a great need right now at that time. And I agree, I would have done the same thing. I would have sat there and made sure that she was okay first, knowing that that would ruin the rest of my day in terms of having to be apologizing to the next six people. That was still important. I do think that you need to spend some time, but I have had situations like that where I say, oh my goodness, I have so many other people who need me today. I want to spend time with you right now, but as we both know, that's not going to be possible. So can I give you a call and we can talk a little bit more about this? Or can you come in again next week and let's email back and forth, whatever it is that you as a practitioner feel comfortable with, but spending some time at the moment because that's really important in your relationship and for you to support the patient, but also being able to cut it off because that person knows well that she's taken a lot of your time already and there are other people who have needs and would accept that, especially if there's the follow-up that's established right then and there that says, I care about you. I want to continue the conversation that will help you. One of the reasons I'm exploring these topics is because I think you just touched on when we're in the moment of stress or we're encountering someone who's angry with me, I don't have the time and space if I don't have the mental training or habits in place to step back right in that moment, maybe. It really needs to become made habit when I'm more at my best rather than in an acute moment of need, either the patient's need or my own need. Are there ways to create habits and space for yourself to take that step back? I think that our own emotional intelligence is probably a combination of innate and learned. We all come from families where they're has to be modeling from our parents and perhaps some biological component as well that's not well understood. But throughout life, we can be learners. I think that so much comes from role modeling and being in situations. We know we learn from our mistakes. Hopefully, if we've ever been in a situation in which emotional intelligence was needed, we might learn how not to do things because they didn't turn out very well. And at the same time, see situations where someone has used a certain technique that did turn out well. Part of this is self-awareness. Part of this is motivation. Part of it is awareness of our environment and really being able to learn over time how to do things that work. I think it's very difficult to sit down and say to someone, this is how to do it. Absolutely. On the other hand, when we put ourselves in situations that stretch ourselves, that that challenge ourselves, that force ourselves to confront and get into difficult situations that require us to learn these skills, 
we will learn. Yes. Just like we learn in school or in training, emotional intelligence and how we react to things when I fail um, in the way that I reacted. And I can tell because it didn't turn out well, as you said, that is an opportunity for me to learn from that, have the self-awareness and do it a different way next time, which might not be right either, but hopefully not do it exactly the same way that turned out terribly the first time. Do you have any final thoughts? We all have flaws. We all have issues with interpersonal relationships at times. Uh, And just being aware and watching others in terms of how they handle things well and taking that extra time to take a deep breath and think. You said something about having emotions at the moment and knowing that you have to deal with that. But I would say that you first have to recognize that there's even a tension, that there's even a problem there. And sometimes you can't deal with it right now, but you can at least say, I'm feeling that there's some emotional tension going on here. I really want to talk with you about it. Can we set up a time now to talk about this in a few days so that we can both have some time to think about it and come together and make a plan, an action plan that'll allow us to move forward? I would say that being able to just take enough of a step to say, we need to talk more about this. Let's do it. Let's set up a time and not tuck it into a corner and try to forget about it and not put something off for a long time, but make the commitment to handle it and handle it fairly quickly after a time of cool down and thinking is a very important approach. That's so useful. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you and hear your tips and advice and thoughts on all of this. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so glad to be invited. Thank you.